Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is the biggest day of the season, Gold Cup Day at the Cheltenham Festival. Hopefully we'll all be well up by the time Friday comes around. Time to make even more money. As per usual, I'm joined by the big man James Watson. How are we doing, pal? Doing very well. Rattling through these previews now. We're here in the last day uh, and hopefully by now we have won you an absolute fortune. Hopefully, in an ideal world. Not quite sure how, how realistic that is, but we try. Uh, and joining us once again is one of the podcast good friends, Adam Webb. How are we, mate? I'm good, thank you. Oh, I, I can't wait now to get Cheltenham here. It's It's been a long wait, so... You sound knackered, mate. I am. <laughs> it's been it's been a long week. Oh, I Aren't we all... The joys of being up at after in the morning writing about the fox hunter chase. What a way to make a living. Uh, we'll start oh, on the Friday at Cheltenham with the 120. It's a JCB triumph hurdle. Obviously one of the standout moments of the festival last season with Goshen's final flight unseat. Although I'm sure Jamie Moore would prefer if we didn't mention that ever again. Uh, it'll get mentioned every time anyone talks about the triumph for years to come. Uh, this season, lots of good crop again this year. Tritonic 9-4 Fav at the minute to beat Zana here, the long-time anti-post favourite at 5-2, 6-1 Colixios. 12's Adagio, 20's Duffelcock who's out injured, 20's also Tehupu, and then you can get 33's for St Sam, Hort on Colour and Nassalam. Uh, Adam, I'll come to you first here. Two-horse race, three-horse race? I'd go with a three-horse race personally, and... Of the trio, I'd be most keen on Zana here. I think he's been the most impressive in this division. His fairy house success for me was the performance of the year in this category. Um, a strong gallop was set by St. Sam, and he picked him up easily and went galloping away in really impressive fashion. And he went and proved at Leopardstown that he can do it in different circumstances. They crawled that day, and he did. I thought he did really well to win. I'm I'm surprised at the negativity of him in the market. I mean, obviously, with what's gone on in the last week and a half, it still confuses me at how he's drifted and Tritonic is so positive. Admittedly, he's been impressive on both his hurdling starts. Very classy recruit from the flat. Almost rated 100 in that sphere. And you'd be expecting him to win the Adonis in the fashion that he did. And you'd expect Cheltenham to suit him in the manner that he, he appeared to be outpaced for a couple of strides at Kempton, then he snapped back on the bit once he was woken up. Um, I just have the feeling that Zana here is the best of these, and I get the feeling that this may work out to be a pretty decent triumph hurdle. I mean, the still umming and ahhing back Quilixios going here, or the Boodles, I personally think this is the right race for him, because I think the stamina test of the new course will suit him better than the old course even if they think he's well handicapped in the Boodles, which he could potentially be. Um, of the rest, I, I, I think St. Sam would be one for the Boodles myself if they wanted to go down that route with him. Um, Adagio was impressive when he won at, um, at Chepso when he won the finale, but I think he's got a bridge, he's got to, a gap to bridge with the front three in the market, and I'd be fairly confident in Zana here. I'm in agreement about Zana here. Jim, what about you? Um, 
I think Zanin here should be favourite on what he's done so far. I, I, I've not exactly been his biggest fan, but maybe um, he should be the head of this market. I think the market will correct itself coming on to the day. Um, I am a fan of Tritonic, and the price is far too skinny for me at the moment, because he was, like, like Adam's already said, he was a very good flat horse with a top rate of 99. Um, and I have been very impressed in his two victories. He has beat the same horse, Castellupi, twice. Um, so we don't exactly know where the form matches up with us, others in this. And his jumping was improved from his first start in the, Adonis, uh, in the Adonis. It wasn't foot perfect, but it was improved. And that turn of pace towards the end of the race, I, I was really, really impressed with how he put distance between him and Casalupi. Like, like it's already been said, Cheltenham will suit him. I think Kempton was possibly going to be too sharp for him, and he was still managed to win with flying colours. Um, my slight worry is the Adonis in general. Horses that run in the race and then go on to this race haven't exactly been as successful in recent years. You look at your solos, your Rhodesian Master Blue Eyes, Zubair and I think Beltar on the list as well. And you have to go back till 2011 till the last time this was the Adonis was then used to win the Triumph Hurdle, and that was by Zarkandar. And even then, he wasn't as well fancy. I think he was Paul Nichols, his second string, and there was a bit of a flurry of the Adonis to Triumph. Uh, in 2010 and I think then 2005 you have to go back which that's my only concern with Tritonic it's a fairly quick turnaround he, he was looked after uh, in his three-year-old career he wasn't campaigned as vigorously as maybe I thought he would be which I quite like they preserved him for this because they, they bought him to be a, a triumph hurdle horse I think his price is skinny but I think he's got a very very good chance in this and if you can get five to two on the day or slightly bigger, I think I'll be all over that. Um, I have to give a mention to Yumdor. Um, I banged on about him all season and he was very, very impressive on debut. Um, fell when looking like the winner uh, against Tehupu. And I feel like with that performance at Fairy House, if he hadn't have fallen and he'd stay on his feet, and even if he'd have finished second, he'd be a lot shorter in the betting than what he is here. And I think 40-1 to 1 could be a slight insult. I know he was disappointing last time at Leopardstown. He didn't jump well. He was far too keen. They're guaranteed that they're going to get a fair enough gallop here. I think this might suit him a bit more. Uh, and I hope they go here instead of the Boodles. Another horse as well from the Willie Mullins camp that I was impressed with last time, and I wouldn't be surprised if they sidestep this, would be Tax for Max. Um, he was very, very green and keen against Tehupu. Um, and is still an entire as well, which we saw we saw going into the race last year. Um, but this can slightly still be a bit unpredictable over over hurdles. He was did an awful lot wrong and still did well not to, to be beaten by Tehupu by not far. I really wouldn't be surprised if Willie Mullins um, gelded him, put him away for the season, and ran him in the Supreme next year because I think that could certainly. He could certainly have a good chance in the Supreme next year. Um, but if he is going to run in the race, he's around 30s, 33s, 50s in some places. He could be of interest if he goes here because you have to mark up that run last time given what he did in the race. Uh, I take your points about horse that are big prices. I think it's entirely relevant. I'd agree with Adam that it's a free horse race. I really like Tritonic on the flat. I think we both did, Jim. Horse, we had a hell of a lot of time for. 
probably the best flat recruit to go hurdling for a while. And look, he's been very, very good in two starts over hurdles. Did well to win at Ascot, given that uh, he was off the bridle, being niggled halfway, and, and he had to reel in a runaway leader in Casalupe. Beat Casalupe again in the Adonis at Kempton, showing a really, really good turn of flat after the last. Look, that, that was... That was really, really good, but I'm not sure quite whether that's at the level that Zana here showed. Casalupi, all right, has made a fine start to his hurdling career, but was nothing special on the flat. You know, rated 69. Passer Doboy and John Locke are going to be nice hurdlers. They're going to have fun with them. John Locke, especially eye-catching in the Adonis on their hurdles debuts. They were above average on the flat. But I don't quite think it's at the level that we've seen from Zana here. St. Sam, I think he's, he's a really, really good benchmark for the tra- uh, for the juvenile hurdlers this season. And Zanahir's defeat of him, I think he's still the most impressive performance we've seen in the division so far. The way he quickened and just left him in his wake was outstanding. Showed he could do it from a slow pace when winning the night, Frank, at Christmas. Uh, yeah, he'll win. He'll win, I think. What do you make of Quilixios, Adam? I think this is the right race for him, and they should be coming here. I think he's a real stayer, and the stable switch, I mean, obviously, with Gordon, I felt he'd have done really well, but he's gone to Henry, and that's not going to be any negative to him going forward. Um, Touch on Tritonic again briefly. We're t- talking about the record of horses from the Adonis to the Triumph. I think he's a different type to some of those that have been winning it, say, on debut or on their second start. He's more of a, a very classy flat horse, a bit like Zarkander. And I, I don't see it being as much of a negative him winning the Adonis and going straight to Cheltenham. By all accounts, Alan King left plenty to work on when he won at Ascot. And probably that's why he looked as... Not unimpressive, but he took an age to get to Casalupi, mm. which sort of had me doubting him. And then I saw him at Kempton and thought, actually, you're pretty, you're pretty damn good over hurdles. So, <laughs> um, but I still think Zanahir will have his measure. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Jim, your thoughts on Quilixius? I agree with Adam that he looks like more of a staying type. Yeah, and, and I have to agree. It's funny, though, that the, the front three in the market for me, Zana here's the out-and-out two-miler. Tritonic will want two-mile-four in time, and Quilixios will want three miles. And it's all sort of who's going to be ready at this moment in time for this sort of race. And I, I think that makes it a closer division between Tritonic and Zana here. I think Quilixios will be a very good three-miler in time, but I, I, I think it's between the first two. If Tritonic's price goes out a bit, which I, I'm hoping it does, because Zana here for me, does have the best form in the book. I think Tritonic's still got more scope to progress over hurdles. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Although, I say, this race can often go to, you know, for a stayers, if, if you look at, obviously, Tiger Olds the most the most outstanding of those, but recent years, you know, he likes like a far class who's, you know, a two and a half to three miler nowadays. Going back in the day, Comanche Court, who won a... Uh, Oh, Comanche Court. Oh, what throwback. Won an Irish National. I've got a quiz question for you, Lewis. Who led him up that day? Uh, oh, I wouldn't know. Let's say Patrick Mullins. Ruby Walsh. 
Was it? A young, yeah, a young... Ru- if you watch the footage back, you can see a very young Ruby leading him in. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Uh, anything quickly on a dad, Jordan? He was impressive at, um, at Chepso when he won the finale. I just think he's got improvement to find to get into the mix here. This is a lot tougher. Yeah, anything from you, Jim, on him? Yeah, he's, he was beaten by a duffel cut and Tom Scoo said that um, he learnt a lot about him that day and, and that's seen him to better effect in his last two starts. When he beat Naslam last time, I thought, crikey, that was quite impressive, battled on well. And Naslam's form since has taken a bit of a dip with Mon Morale, so that's a slight negative for me. Um, he's still progressing, but I think he might have reached his peak uh, of progression against this lot. Fair enough, mate. I'd, I'd agree. He probably needs to step forward again to the dad job. I'm not sure whether the best British juvenile hurdler is in here. I think that might be Mon Miral, who... Uh, yeah, he, he looks a proper horse. Yeah, so it's, it's Zana here for me. Zana here for Adam as well. Yeah. And for you, Jim, are we making it a hat-trick? Tritonic. Oh, he's always got to be awkward, hasn't he? Of course. <laughs> Love that. As we move on to the uh, second race on the Friday at Cheltenham, it's a Randox Health County Hurdle. Big handicap puzzle to solve. I'm still not over last year where I put up Embittered and Aramon first two home. Apart from the fucking JP McManus gambled on plot job and had £20 up his sleeve. What's the point of putting in all that work when I could have just followed the money in the JP colours? Oh, uh, one at Tremor on New Year's Day. Like, oh, God. Awful. awful. I never, it was funny. It was the last day in... Well, I'll say the last day in PA Towers, but it was one of the last days in there. And one of the lads I was working with at halfway just went, Geraghty wins this. And it's like, where is he? Oh, there he is. Oh, my God, he's travelling. And we didn't know then it was going to be his final ever ride in public. I mean, Oh, yes, amazing. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a jinx, really. Like, the first festival I went to was Ruby Walsh's last festival. Then the second festival I ever went to was Barry Geraghty's last ever festival. And, like, it's quite fortunate that this year there's no crowd because no matter what festival I go to, someone retires. It might be, it might be David Russell next year if you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. he, can't, he can't be far off now. Oh, I don't want to think about that. The betting at the minute for the county hurdle, third time lucky, 10 to 1, Cole Fav with Ganapafe and Blue Lord, 12s of the Shunter, Soaring Glory and the Devil's Coachman who doesn't run, 14s Drop the Anchor, Eclair de Bofu, Irascible, 50 Ball, 16s Kadzan, then 20s Soldier, You Raise Me Up, Pick Dory, Edward Stone, Champagne Gold and Magic Tricks. Jimbo, your turn first here, mate, tricky one. Yeah, it certainly is, and, and there's a lot of question marks about which horses are going to be running in which race at this moment in time. Uh, the top of my list was Blue Lord, as I like him as well for the Supreme. I talked about him on the on the Day One podcast, and um, I liked what he did on his debut. He was very green on his second start and keen and over-jumping, and maybe the step up to 2 mile 5 was possibly slightly too early in his career. Um, dropping back to 2 in a race like this could seem to decent effect, um, a nice strong pace for him to aim at, let him settle. Uh, his jumping improved last time, I thought. We didn't see a lot of him late on, um, but a mark of one four five could see him a slight bit better. The other one on my list is the Martin Brazil trained uh, You Raise Me Up. 
who won the that Red Mills I, IBF auction novice in February, and the handicapper uh, raised him five for that. But he, he drifted like a barge on the day, and after the race, Martin said that he'd prefer better ground. And to say it was so heavy, it was quite an impressive performance in the end. He's got bits and pieces of form in the book uh, from last year. Um, behind those days are gone and um, January Jets conflated and Sempo. But this season, he's really got his act together. And I think a mark of one four one could be interesting in there. I think another owner's bought into him. Uh, I don't really want to pronounce his name because I'm afraid I'll get it wrong. Um, but you raised me up is of interest in this for me in, in a race that <laughs> I've not got a very good record in. But... <laughs> Hopefully you raise me up and Blue Lord, if he runs in this, will be my darts. Interesting, mate. Adam, what about you, pal? This is just wide open, stick your pin in, basically. Um, Ganapapi has been one that has been strongly mentioned. He didn't get home over 2-6 at the Dublin Racing Festival. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being the number one for William Mullins. I mean, Blue Lord is a tempting handicap mark as well. But I just wonder whether they might just have him as a second string in the Supreme to finish second or third. Um, obviously, Ganapathy is interesting. The one, there are two that interest me. Uh, drop the anchor for Pat Fahey. He interests me. As providing that they use Simon Torrens again, taking five off, because he, if they use a normal jockey, he's effectively going to be running off £20 higher than when he won at Leopardstown. But he still won with a fair bit in hand that day. And I feel that the new course at Cheltenham will really play to his strengths. And that he's a strong staying two-miler. Uh, he should have won at Down Royal earlier in the year where he was brought down in a really nasty incident between the final two hurdles. Um, and then he, he was third at Fairy House where he was unlucky. And he then won, obviously won at Dublin Racing Festival. I quite like him. But the main fancy for me is an unexposed horse of M- of Henry the Bromheads in Irascible, who boasts some really nice novice for me. He's the second to appreciate it over Christmas. And then I don't think making the running suited him last time. At Le- back at Leperstown behind appreciate it again. I think with a more patient ride on handicap debut, I could see him going really close in this. Fair enough, mate. I see your point completely. Uh, oh, I, I really, really like Ganapathy, but for the Martin Pipe, I think like a mid-range trip will bring out uh, most improvement in him. I thought he got turned uh, turned over a little bit for pace when he was second to drill deal in the Moscow Flyer, but he travelled like in the manner of a very, very good horse at the Dublin Racing, for, Racing Festival last time out before not quite seeing the trip home. I've sent Blue Lord here. I know Jim likes him. Each way for the Supreme. I just think his mark looks quite lenient. One four five. I don't think he's good enough to win any open grade one novice hurdle at Cheltenham. I think he's definitely capable of placing, but at the end of the day, we're here to win races, and I think one four five looks like a fair enough mark for him. I think he'll travel into the race really well. Settled better last time out than he did at Nace, and I think. You know, a sort of strongly run 2-1 is exactly what he wants, allow him to utilise the stamina that he does have. He's quick enough to uh, to be at his best over this trip. He'd be the one to be if lining up for me. Don't like third-time lucky. 
though. He's at the top of the betting as well, and I think a lot of people are pinning uh, their colours to his mast. I just think he's a, a bit exposed, doesn't seem to be progressing. Looks one-paced, probably needs two and a half miles. I think he's fouled because of the name Skelton's next to him. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think he was very fortunate at Kempton to win. I think on to victory was coming to come and pick him up. I know it was fairly uh, late out, but he was travelling a lot better uh, than third time lucky was. And last time, when he was behind bareback Jack, I mean, he, he was coming to him at the last, but I always felt like bareback Jack was going to find a slight bit more. Uh, and like you said, I think two-mile four might seem better. It's just purely because Skelton's name's next to it. Fair enough, mate. There'll be a lot of people pinning their hopes on, on third-time lucky, but it's just not a horse I I, I see where, where the improvement in him comes from, and I, I'm not sure whether he's pacey enough over this sort of trip. Uh, can, I most... just, can I just mention two more, Lewis, please? Of course, mate. Um, I think Nigel Twiston Davies might have a decent hand in this if either of them turn up. I like Gal Road. I've liked what he's done so far. He's been some. He, he was rallied and beaten by Bear Grylls on his start. He was then fourth at Newbury behind Goodfall, where he looked all at shot and didn't have a clue what was going on. But since then, he's won two nice novice races around Newbury, carrying the penalty and then getting the better of Goodfall this time round. Um, I think he's improving with every start and every time. A horse came to him last time. He, Sam Tristan Davis just seemed to find a slight bit more out of him. And I think a mark of 137 is possibly progressive. I think he is also in the Supreme, which is a worry, because I think I'd rather him come here. I think he's very unfurnished, but a race like this could sort of suit him a bit more. And Guard Your Dreams was a horse that we both liked for the Betfair, wasn't he, Lewis? And coming, coming around the bend, he was sat second last. And then when you watch the race back, he absolutely flew on to get sixth. And having that sort of running a race similar to this before, I think that might set him up a bit better for this. And maybe a different ride might seem a bit close to the pace. I think he does like a bit of dig underfoot. And it was fairly rattling uh, last time at, at Newbury. I know it was good to soft, but it, it was still looked slightly too firm for him. And it's more than likely it's going to be the same here. That's my only worry. When the, if the ground turns, I think Guard Your Dreams is a nice handicap in him somewhere. Yeah, I'd agree with both of them, mate. I'd give both of them fair chances of coming here. Gallo Road looks to be a horse with a hell of a lot of ability, even if he's not quite sure how to utilise it yet. Guard Your Dreams on bad ground, I'd definitely give a chance to. Uh, while I'm here, look, I banned the Milkwood drum all season. He's 33 to 1. He travelled well enough through the Betfair. He travelled well enough through the Betfair. This might not be his trap, to be honest. You know, he's at, or his ground if it comes upon the softer side of good to soft or soft. But the, the, there is definitely a race in him. There is definitely a race in him. He's 33 to 1. And if he lines up, I can't go and let him win. Soft throat, Adam? Swinton, um, <laughs> quick. Well, I say quick ground. It's Haydock, but you can get some decent ground in May time at Haydock, and I think a really a speed two miles is what he wants. Yeah, you heard that here first, right? Anti-post Swinton hurdle tip from Mister Adam Webb. Milkwood, get on now. Or the Scottish Champion hurdle, but I think Haydock could suit him better than air. It's a shame Mirandro spanking in that. <laughs> 
champion owner you're going for there? <laughs> After she wins the Imperial Cup this weekend, we're absolutely going for it. <laughs> champion hurdle <laughs> next season. Roll it on. What about you, mate? Anything, anything extra from you here, Adam? Um, not particularly. The two Tristan Davis horses that have been mentioned are interesting. I think Gal Road is one more for next year rather than this. And if they are going to run at Cheltenham, I hope they go. I'd rather they stuck to novice company than run him in this. Uh, Guardian Dreams. I thought you wanted to step up in trip. He did get a bit lost in the mid part of the Betfair hurdle and stayed on really well. And his pedigree says that he'll improve for a trip. I also wondered whether he might be one. They're, they're not obviously they're going to run here. It's Twist and Davis. It's Cheltenham. But I wondered if he might be one for that really good two and a half mile handicap at Aintree, but it take the time a little bit. And come up against horses that may have had a hard race at Cheltenham. But then, obviously, Cheltenham's the be-all and end-all for most people. So, he will, he will, he'll end up running here. So, whether it's over this trip or two and a half, I don't know. But he's definitely interesting. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. It's Blue Lord as the number one pick for me, providing he comes here. Jim, for you. I'll, I'll have all five of my darts in my pocket because it's a race that I do horrendous in. So hopefully if you fire as many darts in the race as possible, you'll have a cracking chance. Um, Blue Lord, you raise me up. Are the main two? And for you, Adam? My main one would be irascible and drop the anchors interesting, providing that they keep Simon Torrens on. Fair enough. As you move on to the half two, it's the potato race, the Albert Bartlett and Novices Hurdle. And they currently bet 11-2 to two, Statler to beat Fakima at 15-2, 8's Tory Graf, 9's Barbados Bucks, 12's Alaphilippe, 16's Adrimel Farouk Delen, 20's N'Golo and 3 under through 5, 25-1 to one, bar them. I'll come to you first here, Adam. Nothing really standing out this year. This race has given me an absolute headache for one horrific reason. Before Christmas, I was looking at Willie Mullins horses and I was looking at their potential long term Cheltenham targets and I took a good look at Statler. I thought a nice first run over hurdles, potential slow burner, could be one for the Martin Pipe I wrote in my notes. I thought brilliant. Anyway, he went and won at Christmas. I thought that's nice. He could go and have another run in a normal novice hurdle somewhere. Completely escaped my mind that he's owned by Ronnie Bartlett, who sponsors the bloody race, so clearly would like a runner here. <laughs> so my 33 to 1 anti post docket for the Martin Pipe has been wasted. Ugh. I thought he ran really well actually behind Gayad the Menil because by all accounts he'd missed a bit of work going into it. He had a slight setback between his win at Leperstown and then going back there. Um, because a, a few people sort of mentioned to me, Oh, I don't think he stayed. I don't think stamina's going to be an issue with him because he's just he's bred to stay. Um, he he sort of cut out in the manner to move a horse that probably needed the run. And going up to three miles for the first time in the Albert Bartlett, I think we'll see a different horse. Um, he's got enough experience for me as well. I always like horses that have at least had three runs over hurdles. Um, he's shaped in need of his first run, so you, I can forgive that as well. And he was good in winning at Christmas. But you're right, Lewis, this isn't a race that will get me... It's not like last year's renewal where winners galore have come out. I mean, winners obviously will come out of it, but not in the manner in which you've had Monkfish, latest exhibition, uh, Fury Road of 
the likes of those. Um, others, I think, are worth a mention. I think through the Len has been fairly impressive throughout the season. And I think he's the kind of horse... He may be just one that wants soft ground to be at his best, but I feel he may... I don't think he's slightly under the radar, but I think he's still a fair price, uh, around 14 to 1. And there was one, if he runs, and you can get five or six places, if if you can get something in the region of 100 to 1, I wouldn't discount something like S Perfecto running well. Because I quite liked his running the handicap hurdle at Newbury last time. For me, he travelled like the best horse, and I just felt inexperience got in his way. Um, he'd been second to Brave Man's game at Newbury the time before. Um, it was his first go at three miles. He sort of plugged on into fourth at the end of the race. If he runs here, he's no 100 to one shot, and I could see him nicking a place if ridden correctly. Oh, I like that shout. I do like that shout, because he did catch the eye last time out. I thought he, tra- he travelled like a, a beast. He did. Um, I, 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 he, he won't win, but I could feasibly see him hit finishing fourth or fifth. Um, in a, in an Albert Bartlett that for me lacks much depth. I like that the form of his Newbury second as well, backed up by Bothwell Bridge, going out and winning at Hereford last weekend. You know he was second to Brave Man's game that day. No mug finishing behind him in third. Jim, where are you leaning here? Um, he said it's a, a bit of a headache, this race, Adam did. and For me, this this throws it full of intrigue, and there's so many angles and ways you can look into this race. I know, Lewis, you like Fakira, so I'll, I'll try not to bang on as much about him as possible. Um, but for me, at 40-1, to 1, Vanillier opens up a fair amount of price for Gavin Cromwell. Um, it, it, Adam mentioned his, Farouk Delaney lights. He was second behind him at Limerick over two miles seven on heavy ground. Now, the way the race panned out, I thought Jody McGarvey gave Farouk Delaney an absolute excellent ride. And Conor Maxwell, who, who was riding the horse for his first time, maybe just didn't know him and know what to do with him as often. Uh, and he was slightly too far behind him coming round the bend, and he was plodding and plodding and plodding in that grade two. And he was. I think with another furlong, he'd have got past Farouk Delen. I know he was slightly finding a bit more, but that day he was finding more. And um, looking at his novice hurdle win over 2-3, he beat Statler there, uh, Fantastio Delen, who's who's also going to be running. Um, so he's beaten them before, staying on really strongly with a, a forward ride. And then last time in the Nathaniel Lacey, there was a false start. Now he was at the front, of the field looking like he was going to head head him and go off the gallop and the false start sort of messed him up and he lost his position he were at the back and he could never really get back into the race he was ridden to go try and go forward but obviously I don't think he's a quick horse it took him a bit of time to warm up through the gears and he never, his jumping never never got into a rhythm he never seemed to travel uh, travel and I just feel like uh, I just feel like he He's a lot better than that. And that race sort of screwed him over last time. And I think Jonathan Moore will have learnt a bit about him in that defeat. And that's what sort of made him a decent prize now. I think he's around 40 to 1. And I feel like if he's to bounce back to any of that earlier form, he should be a lot shorter in this. And I'd even go as far as to say he's one of my best each-way bets of the week. 
I think he has got a very, very good chance if there's four or five places on show because some of his form in Ireland's top notch. 40 to 1 for Vanillier eh, if you fancy following Jim in there. Like Jim's mentioned, I backed Fakira at 25 to 1 in January. He's a sort of profile that goes well in this race. Second season, novice, had a hell of a lot of racing. Held his own in some good maiden hurdles last season without winning. He was second to Entoucas in February, then second to John Snow in March, and then second to Polytest, who's no mug either, at the end of March. So he, he ran three times within about six weeks, finished second between to three horses who were at least in the mid-130s, over two miles or two, and, or two, two, all the time while looking like a real boat. Got the job done first time out this season, getting the better of Gabby Nacko, of Gavin Cromwells, who's gone on to prove himself to be a, a fairly useful animal as well. He was third uh, in the grade one behind Bob Olinger at Nace in January. Beat Fire Attack and Farouk Delen and Champagne Gold, who's a little bit of a handicap fancy for a few people, in the Monksfield at Navan next time out. Got done for pace by Ashdale Bob next time out. Uh, again, just looking like a stayer. And it was the most boaty performance in a grade one novice hurdle you will ever see when he was forthing in a fan new lace. He outpaced, shoved along all the, all the, all the way really. But he was making the most ground up at the finish. An extra two furlongs, a big hill, a battled hardened horse. This race looks absolutely perfect for Fakira. Although there is another horse I am a little bit scared of, which is Tory Graf, who's really, who I've really liked this season, you know. Taking the time with him, he was still running in bumpers in October. Got beaten by Power of Paws, first time up at Clonmel, but has won his next two starts, including the race at Furless that Monkfish won last season. He was really, really impressive that day as well, to be fair. Only only did it by three and a quarter lengths or so, but more, uh, more in hand than the form book suggested. Drawing clear at the finish, staying on strongly. He's the biggest danger to my eyes. Uh, Statler's Favlo, Jim, what do you make of him? Um, Adam touched on, on on the fact that they thought he was going to go the Martin Pike, um, and you think with his profile that uh, and the, and his owners they they would have been going for this race. But I've just got slight stamina doubts. I know he looked, I thought he looked tired towards the end. I didn't think he was outpaced. I think he looked knackered towards the end of the Nathaniel Lacey, and that would just be a slight worry for me because this is a race that absolutely adores the slow balls. This is the Tommy Whittle Chase trial for future years. You could see Fakira running in a Midlands National um, in a couple of years. If he turned up to the race, it really wouldn't surprise me. Um, Fakira is very, very slow, and you need a slow horse to win this. But is he that slow that he's too slow to win this, if you get what I mean? I mean, you've got to respect Barbados Bucks in what he's done in his uh, last couple of starts. Since stepping up to three miles, he's certainly seen him to best effect and he's formed behind Fantasticus has taken a bit of a step forward uh, he's come out and ran with plenty of credit on his last couple of starts uh, he's a horse I've got a bit of time for and I think there's a handicap in him somewhere um, he kept finding more last time with some nice horses in the race and he's, he comfortably brushed them aside he's got the sort of profile that could run well in this uh, for Paul Nichols, and he's one I'm wary of at about 9-1 to one. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Your thoughts on Barbados books, Adam? He was impressive at Kempton under the double penalty. Um, 
I re- I quite like him because he's going the right way now. At the start of the season, I, I was really disappointed with him when he was beat at Stratford. But he's left that behind since going up to three miles. I remember seeing him, not in the flesh, but I remember when he ran in that Cheltenham bumper last October. I remember being really taken with him that day. I thought it was a bumper that would work out better than it did. I mean, there are a couple of horses that have come out of that race. Grumpy Charlie being one, and I quite like Grumpy Charlie for sentimental reasons, because my dog's called Charlie and has the exact same spelling. So I quite like seeing him do particularly well. Um <laughs> And she's around somewhere, so hopefully she doesn't start barking like she did on one podcast I did. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, of the British contingent, I think he's probably the leading player. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Looks very, very solid Barbados books. You know, obviously from a, a strong staying family. He's out of a half sister to big books as far as I'm aware. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether he has quite the amount of pace or potential that some of the others have in here. Although it's not, it's not a, a uh, the deepest of grade ones you'll ever see. I'd agree with Jim about Statler. I think if you're to rewatch the Nathaniel Lacey, the one horse that looks like he wants two furlongs further is Fakira, not Statler. Uh, I'd have them the other way around in the betting, even though Statler finished ahead of him. I don't think. Uh, he wants this trip. Nothing particularly interests me. At a massive price, I like Adam's case for S Perfecto. It's a uh, Fakira for me, Jim. Uh, Vanilla each way, 40 to 1, get on. And for you, Adam? I'm with Statler. Just on the, to be fair, I'd have agreed with you had I not heard the fact that he'd missed work between Christmas and February. Because everything about him screamed stay to me when he won at Christmas. So. I'd be willing to believe what I've heard in that he wasn't quite right. And one thing I will say, actually, one thing I did do at the Dublin Racing Festival, which is very rare for me, I actually sat on Betfair and looked at markets. Um, He was quite negative beforehand in the build-up to the race and then moments before the race. There were a few horses on that day that were notably weak and then ran accordingly. And one of them was actually Cape Gentleman. He doubled in price before the off, and he's obviously come out and won since at Kempton. And the other one was um, in the Irish Arkle. Oh, what's he called? The JP horse of Willie Mullins. Um, uh, Greatfield's brother. I can't remember. That's the one. He, He drifted quite markedly that day as well, and he ran accordingly. So... I w- if the market's are very, very positive about Statler, I wouldn't be concerned myself. I'm going to put him up. And then I- I'll have egg on my face when he wins this, because I- I'd have said he'd have won the uh, Martin Pipe, so... <laughs> fair enough, lads, fair enough. I think it's... Whilst it might not be the strongest race, it's a competitive enough one. I am looking forward to it. As we move on to the biggest race of the National Hunt season... The well-child Cheltenham Gold Cup, well done to Cheltenham for giving the sponsorship to a charity, that's nice to see. They currently bet 11-4, to Album Photo to beat Champ at 5-1, to Sixers Aplutar, 14's Frodon, 14's Santini, 14's Kemboy, 14's Royal Pagai, 14's Manila Rindo, 16's Native River, 33-1 to bar them, including Lost in Translation. Uh, Jim, I'll throw this over to you first, are you keeping faith with the boy? Well, I wouldn't say it's faith, it's sort of a religion now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he'll run 
with a with a lot of credit for a long way. Whether he'll be good enough to to beat the the two time Gold Cup winner is is beyond another question. But there's always that hope inside me that he will. Um, I I, I think he has been disappointing this season, but he travelled into that race last time so easy, and I thought he was absolutely going to hose up in it. Blew out very quickly. If you take your mind back, that's his first proper race since the Gold Cup last year. You look at his Betfair Chase performance, he was never in the race, hated the ground, absolutely not at home in it. Kempton broke a blood vessel uh, after two miles and, and just couldn't really do anything from there, obviously. There was there was an internal error. Um, but then, the way he travelled into that Denman chase, I thought he was absolutely going to scoot all over them. And the fact that he showed that little glimmer of hope made me slightly more confident that he'll be able to bounce back to his best. And, and Robbie looked after him once he was beat, but there's, a, there's still the glimmer and hope and fire inside me that makes me think he'll be able to run a race uh, at that price. He's, I think he's at the right price now. There was 16-1 to 1 a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was lunacy. Um, Albun Photo, I'll have to start with him because I do think he has the best chance of winning. I know it's fairly boring. Uh, two-time Gold Cup winner. Uh, he has his, his, his prep of going to Tremor and then going to the, to the Gold Cup. Um, you're looking back at that. I was impressed with what he did last year. He had to battle hard late on. And I know I give Santini a lot of shit and I will continue to give him loads of shit because he is an absolute bull. But he still had to find more when Santini was coming to him and he was. And as much as people say Santini was coming to nab him on the line, I always felt Albuin Photo was coming to find a slight bit more now looking at that. If he arrives in this same form as he did last year, he will win this. And I really hope for the, the sake of sort of racing in general, that we have a three-time Gold Cup winner to try and push and get his name out into the sport and remember him for being an absolute champion. Maybe he doesn't get the recognition he deserves because he's so poorly named. Um, <laughs> Albuin Photo does not exactly spring to mind as a, as a legend that rolls off the tongue. But I'm hoping he'll make it three Gold Cups here. Um Mainly for the racing fan inside me as well, um, wanting to, to see a three-time Gold Cup winner. Um, I mentioned on Champ, I was impressed with how he jumped over two miles last time. I think um, I think the fact that it was over two miles gave him time to, it didn't give him any time to think about his fences. He had to just get over them. He made the error at the last, which Nico asked him for a long way and didn't give him. Fair enough. It, I think that was the only error that I could really make out. Um, three miles gives him too long to think about his fences personally and I think a race like this he won't necessarily get to be up with the pace like he wants to be um, which is a, a worry for me uh, and he does need to step up again it's not, it's not the most usual prep to run in the game spirit and then go for the gold cup Aplutar stayed really strongly last time and he'd only ever run over the distance once more before and he was disappointing in this, I think I want to see him do it again before he before I go back into him. I think sixties is far too short. If you've got a good price on him, I I I hope he runs an absolute cracker for you, um, because I know there's a few people out there with some decent bets on Aplutar. Uh, um, Frodon, I think will just be found out for stamina later on. I know that he does stay strongly nowadays, and 
she's just been found out at the top, top level sometimes. Uh, and I don't think she'll have an easier leading from uh, Bryony than she did in the uh, King George. I, I can see Native River going on. Manella Indo and Santini will probably sit behind. Um, Manella Indo has been mightily disappointing this season. I know the first two starts were um, sort of just easy for him. Um, but then stepping up into the grade ones, he's slightly struggled. I I think... I just find his jumping's being found out a bit. Like, even last time, and I know he fell prior to that, maybe that just knocked his confidence a bit. He, he was just a bit novice almost. And for a horse that jumped very well in his novice career, it was slightly concerning. Santini, he's not been quick enough all season. This is a race that he's probably going to see him to his best effect. Um, he's just slow, isn't he? He doesn't like fences. doesn't like running. Put a pair of blinkers on him, please, to, to give him somewhat of a chance. But as long as he doesn't win, that's all that matters. Fair enough, mate. You've run through them all quickly there. Adam, do you think Album Photo will, will make it three in a row? Um, if he turns up in the form that he has done in the last two seasons, I think he will. Um, but that instinct in me wants to take him on, though. Something I have improved of in recent years is going in looking at Mullins hot, hot pots and going, I want to take them all on. But this year I've sort of taken a different stance that if I think they'll win, I won't take them on. But this is the blue ribbon. And if there are flaws, then I, I want to be looking for them, especially in this race. And we all know how difficult it is to win three gold cups. I mean, only one horse has done it in my lifetime, which is best mate. I mean, you've got to go back to Arkle before that. Um, Tremor was an interesting race because I did fe- I did leave it feeling slightly underwhelmed by him, and quite uh, even those connected to him at first were mm, yeah, I'm not that impressed. And then Willie Mullins obviously watched it again, and actually he was more impressive than I first thought. With me, I I personally would like to take a chance with an improver, something like Aplutar, who I was really impressed with at Christmas because he was out of his ground slightly. Admittedly, Ken Boy and Mellon went and softened each other up, but he still got to go and make that ground up and get by him. And what I loved about it was how strong he was at the line. I like the fact that they actually come here fresh rather than having a, another go in the Irish Gold Cup. And... We know he's got festival form. He won the novice handicap. Well, I say he won the novice handicap. He absolutely scooted up in that. And I don't think he was at his best in the Ryanair last year. I know he finished third, but I never felt happy watching him throughout the race. I think this longer trip is going to suit him. He kind of reminds me a little bit of sizing John in that season where he stepped up in trip. Mm. And I could just see that extra two and a half furlongs and Cheltenham. I could see them really playing to his strengths. Um... Yeah, he, he, he'd he be my idea of the winner at the moment. Interesting, mate. I I think Album Photo's the right favourite. He's the one they all have to uh, improve past. Because we don't see him very often, he's a hard horse to pick flaws in because he just mm. tends to win when we see him. Only defeat uh, in the past, what, two and a bit years coming to at the hands of Kenboy at Punchestown after he won his first Gold Cup. Proved last season he could win the Gold Cup from a slow pace as well as a quick one. Look, you are right in the fact that he might not be yet the greatest Gold Cup winner ever. There are probably better horses who've 
only won one gold cup. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but but he's he's a horse unusually suited by the test Cheltenham provides. I was more impressed by him after more than I had been on either of his preps before. You know, clearly in good heart. Yeah, he, he, he's the right favourite. He's the one with least to prove. Uh, Champ, I like him. I think he's the threat. I think he's the biggest threat. I really do. Got, you know, a genuinely... Genuinely top-class animal, I think. Loved what he did uh, when he was stepped up to three miles as a novice herder in the Sefton. His only ever start over three miles, he reeled in uh, Minella Rindo and Alaho, sorry James, in the RSA last season. PTSD's just come back, sorry. Uh, yeah, on, yes, on the other day's podcast, on day two, um, who was it that you said, what will happen in the RSA, Luke? Oh, something about the big breakaway doing a mini-champ. <laughs> yeah. The big breakaway could do a mini champ, and then I just, if that happens, I think I'll go into a fit. <laughs> Sorry. No, look, mate, look, I, I, I think he probably ran one of the best Gold Cup presses you could have hoped to see in the uh, game spirit last time out. A trip at least a mile of what I consider to be his best on the short side, and still, you know, 10 lengths ahead of Grenatine who was placed in the Tingle Creek and the Holden Gold Cup winner. He's a horse with a hell of a lot of pace, but he stays really well. His jumping was better last time. If it holds up, he'll be bang there. Not sure how much I trust the Savile's chase form, though, with Aplutar. I, I get the feeling he was half able to pick up the pieces, and, and while it was a strong same performance for him to get from the position he was to mug Kenboy and Mellon, It, it, it just seemed to me like I thought they were slowing. I don't think Mellon's a strong stayer. Alaho in behind isn't a stayer, nor is Tornado Flyer. I'm not sure what Kenboy, whilst he's a good free miler, is, a, is the strongest stayer. I think he'll be up against horses who will make this more of a stamina test here. It's going to be a different ball game. I, I tend to like Gold Cup horses who I think would get rounded a Welsh national. You know what I mean? That That sort of well, could you stay another two furlongs? Because there are seasoned types of horses like that in this, and they will make it a test. I'm not quite sure I'm fully convinced by Aplutar as a stay. That's not me saying I'm, I'd rule him out. I think he's got a fantastic chance, and he's genuinely a top-class horse. Turned over Shacklebossoir at Leopardstown last Christmas, you know. It's just just a minor doubt, and it's it's enough for me to be happy to watch him go and win if he does. Frodon isn't going to get things his way. His way, the stars aligned for him at Kempton. Everything fell into place for him. His most uh, relevant opposition underperformed. He was able to get the lead, and he beat a load of non-stayers. He's a play slay. Uh, Santini <laughs> done nothing. Nothing. <laughs> that, nothing. That laugh is all that was required. Nothing good to see. But look, Liam died on our Monday preview. Said he thought Santini was going to win. You know what I mean? And and whilst whilst you could say this is this'll be the first time he gets he gets what he wants all season. But I don't think he, he should have been massively inconvenienced by Sandown. No. And he just looked slow. The the one thing that I hope that comes out of this race is that Lost in Translation beats Santini. Because <laughs> no that's I really don't care if if the if the first and second, if the tenth and eleventh 
It doesn't matter. As long as Lost gets his head in front of Santini, I will be happy. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, Ken Boy, Cheltenham record is woeful. Royal Pagai, uh, interesting, obviously, as a national hunt chase is another option. Really impressive in handicap wins, but they were handicap wins. Uh, he beat two exposed older horses. Can't really did it here in the Peter Marsh. I hope they throw him into this. He adds another dimension. I'd rather I'd rather them come here than the National Hunt Chase, definitely. If you've got a horse who can run in the Gold Cup, run him. I think he probably needs another step forward. Manella Rindo's been bad this year. Uh, a native river shouldn't be 16-1 to 1 because he's the highest rated chaser in Britain and he's ran the best trial for this race out of any horse this season when he beat Bristol Demay and uh, Santini. To me, that's the strongest piece of three-mile chasing form all season. We know he likes Cheltenham. We know he stays. I think it's an insult that he's shorter in the better than Santini is. Yeah, I agree. And also the ground. Everyone says that he wants heavy ground. But if you look early on in his career, he had bits and pieces on good to soft and uh, and decent ground. I, I, didn't he win the Hennessy off good to soft? I, yeah. I, I, I think he's certainly a good horse on all ground. I think the feeling with Native River is that softer ground will slow everything else down. And with his resolute stamina, I, I personally would love to see a soft ground gold cup because I think it would really bring him into play. Uh, I, in fact, I'd love nothing more than to see Native River fighting them all off at the final fence to go and win his second gold cup. It would be magnificent, especially I'd, the season the Tizards have had. I'd love to see something like that happen. Yeah, I'd like to see him give him a slight lead to uh, to loss to the last and the Tizards win the one too. <laughs> Now you're dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's impossible to knock out of the frame. I think he'll be in the first four at least. Yeah, he, he, he's one you want on side. He's not. If, if you look at him and it's like I want to be against him, I, I it's kind of like a, a an all-out war, and he's the kind of horse you would want on your side. Um, you, you can't help but love him. He's he's a terrific horse. Agree completely, mate. Agree completely. Uh, nothing of interest further down the field. I think those those at bigger prices aren't going to run, or just aren't good enough. Uh, it's a tentative champ for me to beat Album Photo with Native River in third. Tentative. I'll probably back them both. Yeah, fair enough. It's going to be three gold cups for me. Um, town end up in the saddle, pretending there's a crowd there, whacking them up, going, come on! And everyone at home, you'll probably hear me all the way from Great Manchester shouting home album photo, but don't forget the boy, he will run well, I'm pretty sure of that. And for you, Adam Aplutar? Aplutar, I've got a few more thoughts I want to just put out about the Gold Cup. Of course, mate. Um, Champ... I was really impressed with his Newbury run. Um, what I liked about him was the final fence where he put down. He actually found the leg, which he didn't do last year. So clearly the intensive schooling has worked. I'm just slightly concerned whether this is the right race for him. I personally would like to see him in the Ryanair and send him. I think that would be a really fascinating move. For all that, he's got a huge amount of ability. I can see him running really well in this. Winning, I'm not quite sure. 
Royal Pagai should be going for this, he, but the, the impression I get is that he's going to go for the National Hunt chase, which is a waste of time for me because you've posted two really impressive efforts in handicaps. I know he's technically a novice, but he's had 11 runs of offences. I'd be going for gold. Uh, Frodon, I think, will struggle to get to the lead with Native River there. Nellorindo's jumping has fallen to pieces and he needs to bounce back. And having been the president, uh, I'm now the former president of the Santini fan club, <laughs> I I can't have him this year, which means he wins the race. Um, <laughs> my feeling with him, and I'm, I'm being brutally honest here, when you get drawn into a horse, you tend to ignore the negatives about them and you will only look for the positives. As soon as he got beaten last year's Gold Cup, I said, no more. I can't bring myself to be his number one fan, and looking for every single positive. So when we got to Aintree in December and he turned up in the paddock looking as though he'd just come in from his summer holiday, I thought, well, he's going to get beat. Anyway, what I didn't like about him at Aintree, I didn't like the, his finishing effort. I thought he sort of threw it in against Lakeview, lad. Then the King George, obviously, it's not his track. You can make that excuse. But he made the mistake for out, and then he sort of plodding on at the finish. And then behind Native River, he stuttered into an early fence, but he 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 just looked exceptionally one-paced. I slightly wonder whether he's gone a bit sour, because you look at his family and look at his relatives and see how their careers have gone. You've got a half-brother in Rock Point who's refused to race on more than one occasion and shown signs of temperament, and Dusky Legend, who's his, who's his sister, who has also shown ungainliness in a finish and I just think he's gone the wrong way slightly so I'd be watch him go and win now without a penny on and I'll be absolutely <laughs> devastated um, It's interesting you said that, I've never really noticed that uh, about his pedigree side and it's the, all sort of adds up now For Dam, she won on debut for Nikki, and then she went completely the wrong way, she refused to race as well so um there's obviously just, some traits. Yeah, there's, there's traits in the family there, so that's why I'm slightly wary of him now. Uh, Native River, I agree with Lou. I can't have him at the free. I And the heart wants him to win, but unfortunately it isn't about the heart. It's what the head tells you, and the head tells me that Aplutard is your likely Gold Cup winner. Yeah, happy days, lads. I I, I think I, I do think Native River at sixty to one might be one of the best each way bets of the entire meeting. He has less he has less to prove than any other horse in this race apart from an album photo. He's the number one rated chaser in Britain. He's sixteen to one for a race that will play to his strengths. Back him each way. The uh, low well, point is age being a negative, but the form he showed last time, I don't think age will be an issue. No, something if, something may have younger legs than him and might just find him out, like a, a Plutar maybe or a champ, but it won't be through lack of trying that he's going to get beat. No, I agree, mate. I agree. He'll, he'll, he'll get headed, and he'll, I think he'll find again if something like champ or a Plutar oh, yeah. goes against him. Big time. He'll burn Froden off. Froden's race will be done before the first circuit because he won't be able to go with Native River, and it'll be the same story as the Ryanair last year. Yeah, mm. I, I agree with that. Won't get his own way, and then he won't be able to get into the race. Uh, moving on from the Wellchild Cheltenham Gold Cup, it's a, it is a really, really competitive race this year. I don't think there's any horse you could be 
100% confident about even album photo you know the dual winner who's who's only lost one race in the past three seasons you, you can still look at him and go he is a horse that is possible to knock off the perch it's but a that's, fascinating, fascinating but that's due to him only running twice a year so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh, the 340 is the real the, is a newly branded hunter's chase They've got rid of the Fox. Uh, that's the reason why Highway Jewel, who was one of the Acne Post favourites, isn't running. How mental is that? The owners are protesting <laughs> because they want to be able to know everyone that they kill foxes for a laugh. Foxes. It just reminds me of that clip, you know, Borat, when he goes to the fox, he goes to the <laughs> anti-hunting thing. Yeah. You kill bears. That's evil. <laughs> <laughs> we we love animals too. Why do you shoot them for fun? Just... Oh, oh. No, that that's the most absurd reason I have ever heard to uh, miss a horse race. But that's why Highway Jewel is running. Her owners are protesting at the fact that they've removed Fox from the title of this race. So it's just a hunter's chase now, and they bet best prices three to one last year's runner up Bill away to beat Bob and Co at fives, elevens is Staker, while his twelves it came to pass Red Indian. Sixteen stand up and fight, twenties a couple of familiar faces in Cade de Burley and Hazel Hill, same prices for Porlock Bay, Mighty Stowaway, Shamaron and Late Night Pass. Uh Jim, you said you don't care. This is a race that really doesn't interest me. It's, it's up there with the champion bumper this. Um I think it's taken away from the fact that there's no amateur riders. That that's normally my aspect into this. To see David Maxwell jump over uh, Cheltenham fences with Bob and Co would have been a, a sight to behold. Um, what a man he is, and hopefully he'll be back on for a tree round the Grand National fences. Oh, yes, um, um, that's the normality I want to get back to. Um, uh, of everything, you can go and see your mates, you can uh, go to restaurants, you can go to uh, play sport with people. I just want to see David Maxwell back on a on a, a, a lunatic of a horse that he normally seems to buy and just fly fly around racecourses. Um, Billaway, I have potential stamina doubts with him. I know he won over three one last time and 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 he was second in this race last year, but I just feel he's a slight bit of a weak finisher. I think he struggles sometimes late on in the race and and maybe uses his, his energy up at the wrong time. Um, Bob and Co. I was impressed with what he did at Haydock. Um, Stoker Wallace is another is a bit of a nearly horse. He was fourth in the race last year, and I backed him and I fancied him. And he's just been a bit disappointing since. Um, he won at Limerick at short odds and was second behind Billaway, where he was never really getting any closer. Which leads me to last year's winner. It came to pass, and I know it's possibly not been a straightforward uh, with, this year with with him and. Um, It'll be interesting to see who rides because Maxine O'Sullivan gets on so well with him. Um, and I just think the heavy ground's seeming to negative effect so far this season. And the return to better ground uh, will certainly seem more in a positive aspect. Um, and at 12 to 1, it's a risk I'm willing to take with him. Um, it's not a race I'm hugely enthusiastic about. And I'm sure you two will give it a lot more credit than what I'm giving it. Um, but if you were to push me with some, it'd be it came to pass at the moment. Oh yeah, it will. It is. It is a shame the amateurs out here. You know, like that's. I guess it's, this is their big day in the sun, uh, and it provided a brilliant story last season with Maxine and Eugene O'Sullivan. Uh, Adam, do you care any more than Jim? 
I do. I love the fox hunters. Well, it's no longer the fox hunters, <laughs> but I love I love the hunter chase. It's, uh, to be fair, I, I quite get into this series. So, um, I've got two strong opinions on the race, but I couldn't give you a selection if I tried. Um, the two strong opinions I've got is that I don't fancy Billaway. I did last year, but I couldn't have him this year. I think his jumping hasn't improved from last year, because that was the one thing I had my worry going in was a lack of experience. Now he's got that experience under his belt. His jumping at Nace left a bit to be desired. Maybe Paul Townend might find the key to him, who knows. But I still have that doubt about his jumping. Um, the other strong opinion I've got in the race is that I hope Paul Lock Bay doesn't run and goes to Aintree, because I think 2-5 over the national fences with him would be a sight to behold, because the way he went through the race at Wincanton behind Semetagal over 3-1, he travelled so well and his jumping was exemplary. I would love to see him there. I think they'll run here. He could be the kind of horse that could be a back-to-lay, because he will travel like the wrath of God down the hill, but it's what he'll find from three outs of a line. I'm not sure. I don't think he'll stay, but I'd love to see him in the Aintree Fox Hunters if they've kept the name or the Hunter Chaser Aintree, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, if you had to push me for a selection, it'd be very tentative. I think Staker Wallace comes into this in better form than he was last year, and I could see him reversing the nace form with Billaway. So he'd be very, very tentative selection. Paul Lock Bay hopefully misses this and goes to Aintree, but I don't think he will. I think he will run here. That'll be a positive though, because it'll push his price up. <laughs> unless he catches, unless he catches the eye completely, which I think he would. <laughs> I, I, I honestly could see him turning for home, still on the bridle, going to the second last. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, lads. I, I'd agree that I think it came to pass is worth forgiving. Uh, Shake me promise on his seasonal debut. At Fairy House, look, he, he wasn't really uh, the same horse next time out when he was when he was uh, seemingly beaten when unseating at Furlis last time out. But he's never been consistent. He's never been consistent. The, the odds of 66-1 to 1 he went off last season, he was available at 300s in the morning, was purely down to lack of consistency rather than lack of ability. He'd beaten Bill away less than a year before, and Bill away went off favourite. You know, he's not the sort of horse that it matters too much about what sort of form he's arriving in the race into. He showed enough promise at Fairy House for me to be happy with him. Given how well he won the race last season, I think he's overpriced at 12-1. to 1. He was clearing away, extending with every stride from Billaway, who is the right favourite. His record is really, really, really solid. Not finished outside of the first two now. It'll be for over two years by the time he runs at Cheltenham. Won a strong race at Nace that he won also last season, last time out where he beat Staker Wallace uh, and Solomon Grundy. It was a half-decent chase, uh, handicap chaser back in the day. His, his form overall is just the most solid runner-up to stand up and fight in the race that it came to pass was fourth in at Fairy House back in November as well. Like like you've said, though, there are issues. He was beaten fair and square last year. You know, there were no obvious excuses. His jumping is a little bit iffy. He can hit a flat spot. 
he's the sort of favourite that I think he's worth taking on for all that I find it hard to see him running a bad race. Uh, Bob and Cole, we all remember his British debut uh, where David Maxwell had to uh, pull him up because he just ran like an absolute loon. <laughs> Couldn't hold him. No, nope. honest. I just remember watching it, and we were uh, in the office. We we're going, "Can you control this thing?" And Bob and Co has effectively run out, and no, he can't. Um. He, he made up for that though. Uh, shortly after, the, uh, nearly a fortnight after, where he beat the seventy-five-year-old Ballinagore by ninety-nine, one hundred and seven lengths. It was on paper. Jesus Christ, uh, won again at Fontwell. His only start this season came in the race that. Used to be the Walrus. Yeah, the Walrus. Yeah, it's got a silly sponsored name now, but uh, the race the race used to be the Walrus at Haydock at the end of February. That was probably the strongest hunter chasing bit in this season. Do you reckon where he beat Wishing and Hoping in the World's End? Yeah, on bridle relay. He has to be the biggest threat to the favourite on what on what they've shown recently. Stake of all this fourth last year, consistent one at Limerick. Uh, in December, but probably exposed as being a level below Billaway nowadays. Red Indian is interesting. He's the only horse Kelly Morgan has nowadays. Won two points up in the northeast. Uh, I think this season, smart handicap chaser in his in his day went off favourite for the Peter Marsh last season and for the uh, Swinley Chaser Ascot. Had ran well in a Coral Cup in the past. Not sure he's an out-and-out stayer, though. Maybe more for Aintree, although... Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that, actually. I think the Yard have obviously won the Aintree Fox Hunters with Topwood as well. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if they use this as sort of like a stepping stone to go to Aintree, like they did with Topwood. Well, Top, Topwood has run well in this several times. Yeah. Uh, Stand-up and fight. Is, is he an out-and-out stayer? Not fully convinced. No, me neither. Me neither. Again, one one who I'd like to see at entry, but maybe well, not here. Basically, just run all of these at entry. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a common scrap, thing going on here. Scrap the race. Scrap the race at Cheltenham because the amateurs can't ride. Take the well. They're not really going to take the prize money from it. I was going to take the prize money from it, stick it into entry, and just make it an all-out. Well, not free for all because obviously you've got certain qualifications and whatnot to get into the race. Um. It would it wouldn't suit a horse like Hazel Hill me because he does want three mile plus to be seen to best effect for me. So no, I'd I'd, I'd agree. Cade uh, uh, de Burley again won won at Wincanton at the start of this month, and away from Cheltenham, his record is fantastic, but he's flopped in the last three renewals of this. Yeah, uh, would be a lovely story for the Loxtons though to have a winner at Cheltenham. Uh, they've also got Shamarin. In this, who I think Harry Cobden is due to ride. Yeah. Hazel, Hazel Hill's a legend, but below his better, but probably on the regression nowadays. Paul Lock Bay will need to improve from getting beaten by Semetagal. And Mighty Stowaway, again, he's, he's one of the decent Irish hunter chasers. He's, he's, you know, he was third in the race, stand up and fight one that I've already mentioned. But he's probably not quite at the level of, like I said, Billaway and stand up and fight if they were to come here. It's I'm going to take a chance on it came to pass to bounce back with maybe Bob and Co as the biggest threat uh, in behind. 
Jimmy, you're going to have a, a, a riled swing. It came to pass for you as well. Yeah, it came to pass. Cruz Linen's in this. He ran well the other day. Um, back into a hunter's chase. I think that was a handicap the other day that he ran in, wasn't it? Um, it were a veteran's hunter. Uh, veteran's chase. He, I thought he ran with plenty of credit. And back in the day, he was a decent horse. Um, but it, it it came to pass for me. And for you, Adam? Um, very tentatively, uh, Saker Wallace. Interesting. Interesting. Solomon Grundy maybe at 33s as well. You know, third behind Bill away. Nathan at his best. You know, he'd have got most Cheltenham handicaps. Certainly not completely and utterly regressive nowadays. As we move on to the 4.15, it's a new race at the Cheltenham Festival. The Mrs. Paddy Power Mare's Chase. Silly name, it's registered as a Libertine. Uh, I think Pat Cheltenham dropped a bollock by calling the novice hurdle the dawn run. Yeah. Libertine, as, as much as likeable as she was, must be one of the uh, most average horses to have a grade two race named after her. <laughs> she, yeah. did win at, she did win at the Cheltenham Festival, though. Oh, I so, know. And, and Rob Whaley Cohen has a big, big part of Cheltenham, so he, he will have taken full advantage of that. What they should have done was they should have called the Mayor's Novice Hurdle the Quavega, and they should have called this the Dawn Run. Uh, but they yeah. knocked up work. Uh, Ellie May, 15 to 8, Fav to beat Cole Reavy at 4 to 1, 15 to 2, Shattered Love, 8, Annie Max, 16's Magic of Light, 20, Salsaretta, Augusta Gold, Happy Diva, Robin DiCarlo, 25, Scarlet and Dove and Zambella, 33 to 1, bar them. Adam, I think you're a big fan of Ellie May, aren't you, mate? I am. Uh, I think she brings the strongest level of form to this. Uh, her second to Alaho. Admittedly, I think Alaho is a grade two horse, but this is a grade two race. Um, that, for me, is the strongest piece of form you can bring in. She ran him pretty close that day, and then she came out and beat Shattered Love over an inadequate two miles at Nace. Um, I like the fact this has been the plan all along, and... Yeah, I, I it's a it's obviously a new race and it'll take time to settle into the calendar. But despite her being not the biggest mare in the world, she can't half jump. She's got a real appetite for it, and I think she'll be tough to beat. Myself, I think obviously she's got to give weight to some of her rivals here, but she gets two pounds from Cole Reavy, who obviously has done little wrong as a novice over fences. But I just think Ellie May's the better mare, so. She be she's one of my more confident selections in the week as well. In general, I, I really like her chances. I can see that. I backed Cole Reavy back in January before she won on the same day as Ellie May was second mm. to Alaho up at Furless. Uh, she was six to one there. She's fours now. But I guess Ellie, you know, Ellie May's a. Improvement has really came, has really come after the time I placed that bet. So I'm a little bit less confident than I was now, but I'm happy enough with my sixes. I, I, look, I think the pair of them are just very, very solid. Ellie May didn't have too much racing as a hurdle for Willie Mullins, vastly experienced in France before she came to Willie. Was sixth in the Mare's hurdle on her only prior visit to Cheltenham. And won twice over fences last season without uh, being pitched into anything too deep. Came, I just have too... Well, I'm not going to say a a doubt, 
there are just two things I think other people may take for granted, whereas I don't. Uh, the furthest race, I think, is impossible to put a level of form on because everything else ran like a drain other than Aloha and Ellie May. I think I'd have finished third. <laughs> so, so uh, th- those two could have both ran to about you know ten pounds below the best, and still probably have done what they did. So I'm I'm not sure just how how much I buy into the strength of that form, even though look, they both acquitted themselves very very well. I've never been an Alaho fan, but that was the first time he'd really impressed me. To be fair to him, uh, and then the Opera at Nace again, easy easy for Ellie May. But will we ever going to see Shattered Love at a best over two miles? What's Yukon Lil doing nowadays? You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sceptical, but I'm not as cemented into the into the idea of that strong form as I think other people may be. Uh, I really, really like Paul Reeve. She's done nothing wrong this season. Beat Papong and the Big Dog and Fatsy Vitalwa. Good beginners chase. On her debut, uh, you know, I mean, she probably had the beating of Feastu Dere, who's uh, proven to be no mug as well for George O'Brien when he came down two out. Got the better of pencil full of lead in the Fahin at Christmas. Obviously, that race kind of fell apart with Asterion for lunch falling and pencil fall. I didn't back that up next time out, but we know if that's the same level that saw in beat latest exhibition, it was a very very good run. And then she danced up to beat Mount Ida. Uh, in that Grade 2 event last time out, albeit with her main rival Scarlet and Duff, who won at the weekend, uh, falling two out. The thing I like about Corrive is that her, her jumping seems pinpoint accurate, a little bit like on violin, whereas when she sees a stride, she can gain a length. But when she, when she gets in a bit tight, she seems to be clever enough just to fiddle her way over and keep herself in the sort of rhythm, and that should be a massive asset at Cheltenham. That's not to say Ellie May is a poor jumper at all. But out of the prices, even giving her £2, I might just be happy enough to side with Cole Reavy here. Uh, Jim, what about you, mate, about the top two in the bay? Ellie May, Cole Reavy, are you siding with either of them? A lot of the season I've been on the Cole Reavy train, and the more and more I look at it and the performance last time of Ellie May, I was, I was impressed with what she did behind Alaho, um, as you've all mentioned as well. And um, she jumps really, really well over two miles. Um, and the two four here was certainly no issue. Um, I think she'll be quite difficult to beat. I agree with Adam. Um, and Corrivi giving the penalty as well would also be a slight issue for me because I think off level weights, even off level weights, I think Ellie May's a better horse. But to say that you've got to give um, weight, I think it's three pound penalty. Two. Uh, two pound penalty. Uh, is is a slight concern for me in this. Oh, it's minimal. Uh, um, you've got to give weight to a horse that is, that in my opinion, I think is better than her. So, so it it works out um, wrong for Corrivi in this. The the first horse when Lewis, well Lewis did a little Twitter thread about when the mare's chase created what sort of horses had run it, and the horse that's been forgotten about and needs a few chances is is Happy Diva you know what Happy Diva does around Cheltenham she runs really consistently three seconds and a, a win next to her name over uh, the course and 
she absolutely adores Cheltenham, and the form this season has been pretty disappointing. She she was coming to run a race in a, in the Paddy Power when she fell. Um, I'm I'm willing to take a chance on that. This is what they've been sort of aiming for all season. I would have liked to have seen a bit more, and it's taken on risk. But I feel like there could be a bit of value in a few horses as well at a bigger price. So Happy Divas is certainly in that category. And Salsaretta, who was quite good in novice chases last season, and then this year um, fell when quite strongly fancied in a grade B handicap chase um, and was mightily, mightily disappointed over 2-5 in a grade 3 mare's chase when uh, Augusta Gold absolutely hosed up. But in the novice chase career, she'd beat most of that field before. Um, and she just never looked like winning that race at all. And they're the two that I think I'll be. I might try and look to take on Ellie May and Cole Reavy on the day if there's some decent prices around for them too. What do you make of Shattered Love Adam? Step back up in trip will be in her favour. I don't think going back to two helped her last time. She's obviously a former festival winner and. Against her own sex, I think she could be very dangerous. Admittedly, I don't think she's ever reached the heights that we thought she was going to. But I I can definitely see her in the mix here. For all, I think she's got to improve to beat Ellie May. Fair enough, mate. And Annie Mack? Annie Mack, she's been impressive the last two starts. Typical me, I backed her on her first two starts this year and I've left her the last twice. I think, again... Although she's been impressive the last twice, I think coming up against these Irish mares, she'll have to be producing her career best to be winning this. Fair enough, pal. Uh, Like you said, Jim mentioned Happy Diva. I think she's a little bit regressive now, mate. Do you think? Um, I I have a different feeling on her. I wonder if they've got a handicap for the plate. Oh. She's on a dangerous mark. She's £4 lower than when she was second in it last year. And we, as we saw in the Paddy Power, she had every chance going to the second last when she came down. Do you think she the hand, she's handicapped herself? Yeah. I, I, I get the feeling she may have needed the run at, um, at Warwick behind Annie Mack. And the handicap has been kind dropping her £4. If I reckon they'll be tempted to go for the handicap. If, I mean, if she'd have won the Paddy Power, she'd be coming here. So, mm. yeah. Wouldn't be shocked if I went down the handicap road with her, and I wouldn't be shocked if she bounced back either. Fair enough, mate, fair enough. Uh, if there's anything that applies for me, whether they turn her out again so quickly, Scarlet and Dove was giving Cole Levy a half-decent race when she fell last time out, winner either side of that. Looks to be improving, maybe 25-1 to 1 each way. Isn't a poor bet. Magic of Light needs further. Can't see her going well. Annie Mack is solid, but the British mares look a little bit of a cut below. I think she'll need another career best to win this. Shattered Love should be a threat, but whether she might just be half vulnerable to a couple of horses on the improve. Her defeat of Cabaret Queen back in November was really, really solid. You know, a repeat of that would see you go close, especially getting weight all round. Uh, but it's Col Reeve for me to defy the £5 penalty and turn over Ellie May, who I do see as a huge threat and I don't think there'll be loads between them. But I'm I'm going to stick with my girl. I've had, I've had in mind for a while. Uh, Ellie May for you, Adam. 
Yep, yeah, just briefly on Magic of Light, I think coming here wouldn't be a bad prep for the Grand National. A no, nice run over fences, nice little blowout, finish fourth or fifth, and then go to Aintree. Uh, she won't get a hard race. No, definitely not. I mean, when when there used to be a two and a half mile race on this card, it used to be, obviously, it's not the Ryanair, but it was the Cathcart, and you used to get Grand National horses running in it down the years. So David's lad ran in it the, the year he fell in the race. And he even had a Grand National favourite in Brown Windsor win the calf cart. So two and a half round Cheltenham as a national prep never has been the worst idea. Martin Pipe used to use it when he used to win the Malmere Fleet with Dark Stranger and Blowing Winds. So, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst idea to come here. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. And Jim, for you? Um, I think Ellie May will win. Um, just might be looking for the each way value on the day of um, Salsaretta and... And then just to escape me, Happy Diva. I, I, it's interesting the handicap angle with Happy Diva, and I wouldn't rule that out either. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. That is interesting. As we move on to the final race of the Cheltenham Festival, it is the Martin Pipe for conditional jockeys. And they currently bet best prices. Six as Gentleman Demay, seven's Ganapafe, eight's Wide Receiver, ten's Column of Fire, twelve's The Shunter and Champagne Gold, fourteen's for Esquilane and Monte Cristo, sixteen's Gabinaco, Craig Niche, Ala Philippe, twenty's Maze Runner and Golo, Frontal Assault, Volcano, Does He Know, Dice Art Diamond, Tory Graph, Fire Attack and Galopan de Champ. Uh, the vast majority of these are entered in other races. We don't have five days yet, so it might be a little bit of a hard horse, a hard race, sorry, to analyse. But one of my number one handicap bets of the meeting will come in here. Fingers crossed he goes to this and not the county. Ganapafe, who I spoke of in terms of this race after the Dublin Racing Festival. I briefly touched on him when we talked about the county. Look, I think he looks like a horse who needs an intermediate trip. And the last twice he has travelled and shaped like a horse who should be capable of running to a mark in that high 140s. He's off 140 here. Fingers crossed he turns up, because if he turns up, he wins. Uh, Adam, tell me I'm wrong. Unfortunately, I've I've heard of another Willie Mullins talking horse for this, and he is blue on odds checker at the time of recording. Uh, Galapanda Chomp, who obviously from the same stable, I've, there there have been whispers going around about him recently. Ruby Walsh put him up last night on the, well, recording on Tuesday the ninth of March. She put him up on the Paddy Power preview last night, and he was a twenty five to one shot, and he's now best price sixteens and continually shortening this is a difficult race to assess because as you've said so many other entries horses may go elsewhere but there's one in here that i think is a definite runner now having earlier in the season tried to convince myself that nicky henderson wasn't gonna have a good cheltenham festival there's one here that i think could outrun its odds and that's mill green who was sixth in this race 12 months ago off the same mark and he's had a couple of runs this year. He ran well in a jumper's bumper at Kempton. And then he had, he made his chase debut at Newbury over three miles last time. And I don't think he ran that badly behind Enrillo. I think going back over hurdles won't be an inconvenience. And providing they can actually get him... When I say get him into the race, as in he's not right at the back and struggling from an early stage. If he can get him to hold a position and he's within ten lengths of them turning in, there'll be none staying on better than I th- fair each way bet on the day uh, and he's one that definitely is going here because I, I read a quote saying Nicky was saying that he's definitely going to run in this again so he's a definite runner and I think he could easily hit the frame 
Interesting. I can see that, mate. I can see that. Uh, I might have had half a half an each way swing on Milgreen for this race last season. Uh, I backed sixth. him in. I backed him in the Betfair the run before, and he he ran like a drain. It was oh, it was horrible. And when I saw him running on in this, I thought, please don't get there because I'll be sick. <laughs> yeah, he, he went off sixty sixes for this race last season. Finished sixth. Jim, uh, what about you, mate? Like you said, it's a, it's a race that's <laughs> swung wide open with multiple entries. Ganapathy, uh, as Lewis said, I, I, I think the handicap mark of him is fairly fair. Um, there's, do you think the Shunter might run in this? What, what are your thoughts? And seeing as he's going to be going for this bonus, what, yeah, what race he, do you reckon he'd go for? Because I think this would suit him more. I do as well, actually. But I reckon they'll stick two miles. Yeah. Actually. That's a point. I just want to check something while we're talking. Just give me a minute. Um, no problem. Because there's another horse in this who I don't know what the plan with him is, but I have been quite impressed with him this season. It's Beg. Um I think he's the typical Kerry Lee, uh, just like a father, having a good, strong, galloping type who uh, likes to get his toe in. And he got the better of Papa Tango Charlie um, at Weatherby last time. But the, that impressive victory at Hereford, I I know he beat nothing, but he, he absolutely coursed home and uh, was a really easy winner of that race. If he's going for this, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he rates in the market. He, he's still very, very unexposed. He was a point-to-pointer, and we've only seen him under rules um, the four times, and two of them were good victories with beating decent horses. So I'd be interested to see where they go for him. It's not a race I have an awfully strong opinion on at this moment. Um, but Adam, have you found what you were looking for? Yes, the shunter doesn't get a penalty if he runs in the Grand Annual. That's what I was looking for. Oh, and he's off, he's off one forty in the Grand Annual as well. I mean, he, it, he's eight pound higher than his last run at over fences at uh, Leopardstown, but that just looked a run to get him ready for a spring campaign. I mean, he's he's won at Kelso. He skates the penalty in his, but he, he effectively they've they've got plenty of options because. His £5 penalty means he's going to be running off the same mark either over hurdles or fences. So they've got plenty of options with him. I just wonder whether they might go over fences with him in the Grand Annual, but I wouldn't be confident. I wouldn't want to second-guess him either. My, my guess was that they'll go for the Friday to just give him a bit longer to recover. Cause That's I, I a reckon, potential point, yeah. I, I reckon he had a hard enough race uh, up at Kelso the other day, and that was on proper bottomless ground. So mm. um, that's... I think I'd rather him run in the Grand Annual, but for his health and fitness-wise going into the race, I think um, I think this might be more up his street. Um, there's not an awful lot I want to add on onto this point, um, but it's, it's going to be a, a a perfect curtain closer to what will hopefully be a good Cheltenham festival. Yeah, uh, well, it'll be some some giggle if the shunter goes and wins after being banned. Earlier in the season, under the non-triers rule, that would uh, certainly rattle a few people, probably me included. To be fair, it'd sum up the whole of the jumps racing season so far, wouldn't it? It would completely. It's exactly what we want. It would be peak hashtag racing. Uh, Gentleman De May, uh, our friend Dan Overall spoke about how much he liked him on our Wednesday podcast. Go and listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, absolutely danced up short odds on his debut at Nace last month. <laughs> he really fits the category of Willie Mullins, JP, could be anything. 
Do, uh, Adam, do you have an opinion? Very inexperienced, but I like the way he did it at Nice. And it wouldn't be a shock to see him go and improve significantly on that. He's just got that right profile for it. Yeah, could be a, could be a graded horse. Anything from you, Jim? Yeah, like, like Dan said the other day, it could be a bit of a Samoa-style plot. Um, it'd be interesting to see uh, how he'd go in this. I, I think I'd rather him running this than the Ballymar. I know he's inexperienced, but um, I think his handicap marks almost seems too good to be true off, off the rate of 139. Fair enough. And, uh, Jim, wide receiver and column of fire, it seems like everyone's had these down as Martin Pipe horses since about October. Yeah, wide receiver has been Gordon Elliott's sort of main target for this race. And um, he does look like he's well handicapped, especially with his second to Ashdale Bob uh, when he was jumped fairly poorly. Um, his maiden hurdle win, Decimation, who was second has, has since won next time out, as well as MC Muldoon, who was fourth. Um, the mark of 136, it certainly deserves his chance, and he's certainly an Irish runner, uh, a good chance for the Irish. Uh, and I'm, I think he's got a very good chance, and his form's worked out, but um, I'm probably going to be looking to take him on on the day. Fair enough, mate, fair enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure whether wide receiver wants to go through with it yeah. too much. I think he looks a little bit soft. And he's jumping, he's jumping at some stages leaves a lot to be desired. be very interesting to see who rides the number... Uh, I say Gordon Elliott, I say it like Dr. Evil. Gordon Elliott. Num- <laughs> It'd be interesting to see who jo- Jordan Gainford rides. Whether he rides, I will assume, is the number one from the yard. I've been impressed with him this season. I, I think have he's, as well. He's a very fully worthy £7 claim. Which is why whatever he's going to be number one, whichever is going to be the number one hope, he'll be riding in this. So who who ride Gentleman Demir then? Who do we think if he does turn up here? Who's Willie got for as, as option? Simon Torrens could ride him. Yeah. If yeah. I, I personally take that, um, I've, he's got on well with um, Drop the Anchor last time, so I'd be yeah, he could be one for him. I, it's quite difficult trying to think of Irish. Conditionals at the moment. Not sure what's going on. Um, yeah, I, I'm struggling to think off top of my head, and there's a lot of Irish runners in this that will probably turn up. It'll be interesting to see who comes over to ride them. I mean, they could even take advantage of UK claimers. So it, it, it's a really interesting situation with what's going on next week. So yeah, yeah, It'll be interesting to see what ha- what will happen. Yeah, completely, completely, lads. Uh... Kevin Broder still claiming into. Yeah. Hugh Morgan does he still claim? Yes. Yeah. So so the, the, there are definitely there are there is definitely talent in there uh, for the Irish uh, trainers to pick from if they want to keep it amongst the Irish jockeys. Uh, Ganapafe, a strong fancy for me, and I hope he comes here. For you, Adam. Mill Green each way. I can see him hitting the frame. He's one to wait to back on the day when you can get five and six places. And for you, Jimbo? I think I'm in agreement with you, Lou. Gannon Pappy, if he goes here, I think he'll take a hell of a lot of beating. Happy days. Before we go on to the RTR nap comp, it's time to just talk about Adam's team in the Goshen Spy Super League, Webbo's Wonders. 
couldn't think of a better team name, so that's not what I went with. <laughs> so we've got in it Aplutar, Brave yeah. Man's Game, Inerjamine, Envalen, Monkfish, Monte Cristo, Run Wild Fred, Sayada Burley, Statler, and Zana here. I guess the first thing to talk about there, Adam, is Inerjamine. Yeah. I just think that, well, one thing is the price differential between him and Shishkin is too big. And a, a lot, well, people will want to view the Arkham as a one-horse race. It's more than a one-horse race. I have slight question marks about all three of them at the head of the market in the Arkle. Shishkin isn't as bomb-proof as people want to believe, I think. I, I just go back to a second run at Kempton where I felt Gumball had him at it quite early on. But as soon as they went down the back straight, he, he came alive. I just wonder in the first half of the Arkle if he is in a similar situation, how he's going to react to it. I also have a slight reservation about Cheltenham with him as well. I just wonder if he'll be another outier and he'll produce better performances elsewhere. I know he's obviously won the Supreme. It was a huge effort to win the Supreme. But I never felt he was comfortable at any stage. Bar as soon as they turned for home and he came up the hill. So, I mean, he, I mean, Shishkin is probably he's the most likely winner. But if there's a an odd sun shot that you want to sort of pick at, he'd be one of them for me. Interesting, mate. Uh, that doesn't make me very happy because, like I said, I'm so scared of Inertia. I mean, having been kind of putting bits and pieces on Shishkin here all season, thought he had the race absolutely sewn up at the end of December and then Willie unleashes this other monster to come and uh, give me heebie-jeebies. Uh, Monte Cristo is that a Coral Cup plan? Yes I really like him for that um, I liked him last year he looked oddly for a juvenile hurdler he looked a work in progress last season I liked his run at Aintree where he, sh- he was in desperate need of the run and then he went to Kempton and uh, I didn't back him because <laughs> he, he I, I thought when I saw his price I thought oh there's another day in mind here and he absolutely bolted up um, and I, I, the handicappers lobbed him up £12, but I think he can win again off that mark. I, obviously, he's in the Martin Pike, but I think the Coral's a preferred option with Daryl Jacob obviously riding. No better trainer for the Coral Cup than Nicky Henderson. He's, he's won the last two renewals with William Henry and Dam the Company. He's a progressive type. I quite like him. And Henderson's won it with a five-year-old before. He won it with... Oh, Michael Buckley calls Spirit River. That's it. He, he he sort of fits that mould as well, and hopefully then he can he can be competitive in a race like this. And I think he'll do well over fences next season as well. I don't think he's just a a hurdling type. I think there's further progression to come. Fair enough, mate. Run wild, Fred Kim Muir. What yeah. is that your best handicap bet of the week? Monte Cristo would be. Oh really? And Sayada Burley, Stayers. I I just think that this race will bring him alive. He he's won the last two renewals of the Potemps. Um, I think he'd have won the Sayers Hurdle last year had he run in it, with the performance he produced in the Potemps. We beat the Storyteller, and I could sort of forgive him at Christmas. I mean, there are people obviously making the point. Florian Porter he stole a few lengths at the start. He just never really came back to them. And I just don't think Christmas was obviously the be-all and end-all for side of the Burley. He'll turn up for this. I think he'll be cherry-ripe. I think this will be the time to catch it. And I, I, 
I, as much as I love Time Hill, as much as I love Paisley Park, I just wouldn't be shocked if either Burley was up to their level. Interesting, mate, interesting. We'll finish off then with our RTR nap comp picks for Friday, and Jim, you're starting first, mate. Oh, um, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> Normally I go second. My, you know what? My nap of the first day will be Tritonic if he's a decent price. I think uh, only if he's a decent price. My next best is going to be a 33 to 1 shot in the Albert Barlock with Vanillier. Uh, and my reserve will be Album in the Gold Cup. Fair enough, mate. Adam, your free picks, mate. I'll have my nappers, Ellie May. Number two will go with. A Plutard in the Gold Cup. And the reserve will have Mill Green each way in the Martin Pipe. Ooh. My nap is Fakira in the Potato Race. The next best is Zanahir. And the reserve, just on the basis that he might go to the county, is going to pass it. Bump him up to nap, though, if he rocks up. My number one handicap fancy of the week. So, fingers crossed he runs. Uh, Adam, thanks for coming on, mate. It's always a pleasure having you with us. No worries. I'll be back again next year, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it depends how many winners he tip. <laughs> yeah, good, good point, actually. <laughs> Although, to be fair, one last year for me, I, I really probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. The standard's not high in that regard, lad. The standard's not <laughs> too high. Uh, Jim, Hello. <laughs> again again uh thank you very much lewis for hosting these you've done an excellent job uh and hopefully we've uh picked you out a few winners hi thanks to everyone for listening uh thanks to rating the races and the talk for their support hopefully we've picked you some winners across these four days and you've enjoyed the listens uh we'll see you again after the festival enjoy it see you soon stay safe